Not content with your content? You've come to the right place. The Discontent Show with Joe Kuzma. Every brand starts with a story. Here's how you can grow your business by sharing it. Now with today's topic, the host of The Discontent Show, Joe Kuzma. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Discontent Show. My name is Joe Kuzma, and I'm here to give you some content marketing tips and tricks. Specifically today, I'd like to cover social media and organic versus paid advertising on various platforms. And if you're not familiar with the term organic, that basically means free. It means you know, you're know you making a Facebook post and you're not boosting it as they use the terminology there. That means to put a few dollars behind it in order to get more people to see it. Usually those are strangers. Those are people who don't follow your platform. And I'll cover that in a few moments. Twitter offers something very similar. Instagram, obviously owned by Facebook. Those platforms are almost you know joined at the hip. And then uh, believe it or not, there's also LinkedIn and there's also YouTube and a lot of those kind of run neck and neck as well. But if you've been dealing with traditional marketing in the past and you've used some budgets recently speaking with some different clients and getting some ideas on you know anything that they've done from newspaper advertising to television and radio, the bang for your buck on social media is quite incredible. And unlike those other platforms that, that are in traditional media, uh, you know, there's no lack of users signing up for Facebook or Instagram. If anything, it's still growing and not everyone on the planet has it. Now, it all depends on how focused you are in a specific market, whether or not, you know, you're a local business, you're a regional business, or, you know, you're, you're national or global. And, you know, all these different intangibles here, I kind of just generically throw some of this stuff together because it's, you know, not every one size fits all type situation is this going to be. But if you're only doing things organically now, this really means like you're not like a major beloved brand with millions of followers of people. When you have that kind of audience on social media, you've probably already paid to attract them or given some type of incentive in order to get that many eyeballs on your posts, on your content and everything that you're marketing there. If you have not, and you're somewhere in the ballpark of even, let's just say, a thousand people, basically when you're dealing with something like Facebook, and for me, Facebook and YouTube are the two that you want to spend your money on. I believe that's where people are paying attention the most. And just to kind of backtrack here for a second, the real reason that social media marketing is so powerful is, you know, we were talking about traditional media. How many people get the newspaper? How many people read print magazines? Now, some people still get magazines in a digital format, but you know, subscription numbers are down with those as well. You get to look at cable TV, you know, your paid television. There's a lot of cord cutters out there, and anyone who's not a cord cutter may still have a DVR and they're zapping through TV commercials and traditional radio. How many people are just using something like Pandora or Spotify these days? So some of those ads can easily be skipped over or missed. And, you know, there are exceptions to the rule, such as if you get a giant billboard and you're located in a certain city and there's so much traffic that goes through there, kind of hard to, unless you're just not paying attention to the road, to not see a billboard, uh, you know, as you're driving by. However, on social media versus just doing something on the web, even Google AdWords, for example, 
placing ads on different websites with Google ads, almost half of the people on the web are using some sort of ad blocker. And that's kind of where Google Chrome has come under, I should say Google for their product, Google Chrome, a web browser, the most popular web browser in the world. They've come under fire recently because they're making changes in regard to ad blocking. And that's because it's hurting their own bottom line that people are using ad blockers and they're going to try and just slip through the Google ads and stuff. And I get it. I really do. I try and keep stuff off of my site. I try to keep it to a minimum because just going and looking up some of these statistics and information for this very show, I came upon one website, very large website, by the way, uh, for marketers. And I'm not going to share. I'm going to protect the guilty here. But it started out with ads at the very top. And then like a pop up to sign up for a newsletter and I scroll down and then there's another thing that comes flying out of the bottom corner of the screen. And then all of a sudden something that takes up the entire screen. It must have been like three or four different types of ads. And I'm not using any kind of ad blocker, but people are trying to circumvent this so much to get stuff in front of you and to get your attention that, you know what, a lot of people are just, they're just hanging out like on Facebook, for example. And it's kind of as you scroll through Facebook, you see some of these ads and some are better than others. Others and people are there. But let's face it, people are in tune to shopping on the internet. This is 2019. We know how big Amazon is. So when you're on Facebook and you see something, I know you have, I know I have. If it's clever enough, you may be compelled to learn a little more about it or to start following a different page. Now, if you're doing this organically, I have to warn. The reason I brought up 1,000 as a number, I know a lot of people aren't even close to 1,000, but anywhere from 17 to 20% of your audience there. That means 170 to 200 of the people who like your page in the instance of having 1,000 page likes are the ones who are actually going to see it. Uh, there's certain algorithms that are there, and I and I talk about you know frequency and consistency of making posts and not competing with your own posts and doing things of that nature. And so when you're only posting like you know uh, every other day or something, maybe twice a week, three times a week, or something like that, there are some intangibles there as well as to who really sees everything. Now, are all 1,000 people who like your page active, engaged users on Facebook? No. Uh, um, I don't know that there's an exact number for that. You know, some people may have left Facebook in that time, uh, just not using their account. Maybe it's somebody that checks in once a week, like my mother. So you're going to skip, you're going to miss some of those people organically. Obviously, if you put money behind an ad and you're not actually using the platform, they may not see it. But usually those who are tied to liking your page are people that are close to you. They're usually friends or family or an extension thereof some type of colleagues, maybe a few advocates of your brand that you've started to accumulate and you got to find out ways to reach more people. And I always say like the vanity number there is, it's always how many page likes you have or how many likes you have on a post or how often it's gotten shared. Well, if it's gotten, you know, sharing is caring. That's probably the biggest thing. And it usually if you're getting a lot of shares on something, that means, hey, you've hit some gold and you're getting some uh, juice out of a post or on Facebook or wherever else. If it's Twitter, it's getting retweeted. 
if it's getting shared like that, then you know you're getting a lot of something for nothing. But it usually doesn't always happen that way. And if we knew exactly what would get shared, what's more likely to get shared, there's educated guesses, but you never know. I mean, there's there's a post I just made last week for a client that was just a very mundane kind of drab, boring thing, but it was like a mission statement, and it got more traction than anything else in the last month. Now I'm not to say you you put out a mission statement and it's going to go gangbusters like that, but it's just to show you that you never know exactly when you're going to, you know, strike or find oil there, you know, I think of the Beverly Hillbillies, Texas tea. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, uh, when you're looking for more people outside of that, you know, circle that you already have, that's been tough to build up and you want to build those numbers up a little more. So when you do do things organically, you become one of the big boys on, you know, on these social media platforms with thousands of followers. And then, you know, maybe you have, you don't need as much of a budget, but now you're actually you've spent money and invested in building up your platform so you have more people you can reach organically just throwing up a facebook page and expecting it it's kind of like throwing up a website or you know it's not field of dreams it's if you build it they will come no uh people have to be able to find you you sometimes have to go out and find them and that's where boosting a facebook post come or just creating a facebook ad comes in real handy there's different types of scenarios that you could do with these and read through each of them because there's different calls to action. There's different buttons you can have with it. There's different formats and layouts. And then there's obviously different audiences that you could target. And if you know you have a real, you know, a, a real niche and you want to just reach your own audience, you can do that and you can pay to make sure it's maybe better than that 17 to 20% range of people seeing you if you weren't to pay for an ad. But personally, I like to try and I call them strangers. I call them the people you don't know that are out there. And if anything, it's getting seen. It doesn't necessarily have to get likes. It doesn't necessarily have to get comments. It doesn't necessarily have to get shares. But when you're putting the money behind it, you don't have to rely on those three metrics in order for your post to be seen. Now it has to all deal with how much money, how long the campaign is. Let's say it's a week, it's two weeks you're spending. I mean, you could spend anywhere, you could spend five or $10 a day and it's not very expensive and it's going to help you reach thousands of people that you wouldn't have otherwise. So you're going out to get people versus people coming or, or you know, just stumbling over a rock and finding you maybe by accident. So that's why it may be important to spend some money on, you know, on Facebook ads. Facebook, obviously the largest platform with the most people on it. Oftentimes, if you have an Instagram account connected, and sometimes you don't even have to have one connected, you can also tie in your Facebook ad campaign simultaneously with an Instagram campaign. So the ads can be seen in Instagram and they're also starting to put some ads in Facebook messenger as well. But just to kind of give you an idea of just how big <laughs> the, you know, advertising market is when it comes to uh, Facebook and Instagram, 72% Facebook, 31% on Instagram, and then everything else starts to kind of fall in line of where people say they, you know, they use ads or spend their money. There's still LinkedIn, YouTube, and Twitter kind of come in here too. I know it's not a full 100% chart, but they're able to pick more than one platform where they spend their money. Instagram, not a bad place to be spending your money either because we know people are on there. I like to think of Instagram as like live sports. You know, live sports, they try and say is D2 
DVR proof when it comes to commercials. And that's why, you know, all of these leagues make is all these big bucks in these contracts is because of that. And you kind of have something with Instagram where it's not as much noise because you don't have links. You don't have news articles necessarily. It's mostly photographic. And I know there's, you know, my love hate with it, as I've said many times on this show, is that you can't really link back to you. But however, when you're dealing things with these ads, it gives you a, a little bit more leeway as the terms of what you can actually can and can't do versus just organically posting on Instagram. So that's kind of cool too. And of course, you know, if you have something that's compelling and it looks like you have a channel or, or a profile that's worth paying attention to. You're going to gather followers. You're going to gather subscribers as would be the case with YouTube. Now video we've, we've known for years that video does probably 60 some percent better than any other type of post that you could put on social media. That doesn't matter the platform. It could be on Facebook. It could be on Twitter. It could be on Instagram. If it's video it engages better than something that's just a static image or just some text or something of that nature. YouTube obviously is nothing but video for the most part. It is a huge platform. It's one of the biggest search engines also owned and tied into Google. If you're not on YouTube, I highly recommend that you do something to get on YouTube. Everyone has a smartphone these days. Take a video of yourself. And if you have something you could do that's a little more professional or you could pay someone that's like an expert <clears throat> such as myself to create something for you, even if it's a 15 or 30 second spot to put on, on YouTube, YouTube is just demolishing anything that you could do with cable TV and you don't have to worry about, you know, a spot uh, only being available at a 2 a.m. infomercial, you know what I mean, or something of that nature. This is something where, and you're not going to pay extra to have to run something, you know, a prime time, so to speak. YouTube, you know, you're competing just like Google AdWords, but the amount of money is probably 20% of what some of what you would probably get from a cable TV campaign. And that's a cheap cable TV campaign. This isn't like, you know, the platinum package, like I said, or, you know, a commercial during a sports event or something in prime time TV that people may de just DVR and pass over anyway. I know you could skip ads on YouTube, but you're still forced to watch them for several seconds. And if you've already hooked someone, it's just like the first 10 minutes of a movie, they're probably going to sit and watch most of it. I see at least maybe half or better than half, maybe close to probably 55, 60% of our YouTube campaigns that people actually watch the, the entire 15 or 30 second spot. I've also been on the other end of that where I'm a user and I, I go to watch a video and there's like a, a two and a half minute just droning on about whatever the product is someone's trying to sell and that gets skipped and it's an that's an awful lot of a cost too because you the reason you want to keep it short is not only for short attention spans but you're also paying for that time for that advertising time with YouTube so uh, 20% of what you probably pay maybe for cable TV on average and probably double the results as well of course all of these are different factors it depends on what you're targeting as well on YouTube because you could target by, you know, a geographic region or some specific interests. But I happen to like YouTube because video, video does better. Lots of people are watching video and when they go to watch video, they go to YouTube more than anywhere else. As far as any other platforms, I mean, LinkedIn, if you're a B2B, you could try LinkedIn. Uh, not maybe the best success with anything on LinkedIn, 
I could definitely tell you though, Twitter, I like to avoid Twitter. I just don't even know where the ads are on Twitter. Think to yourself, you probably see them. I think the only people that ever advertise on Twitter is T-Mobile. That's the only thing I can think of that I ever see. And I've had just terrible luck with spending any kind of money with Twitter. It just seems like you're just throwing money into the wind and you have no idea where it went. And you're like, oh my God, this um, impression or this view of my of my ad it, it, it cost me four bucks for just one. And it just seemed like, you know, it would be like four cents if you're on Facebook. So just to kind of give you some idea with that, I know Twitter's constantly tweaking things with their platform, but right now advertising there is kind of just something that I would blow by unless it is where your audience is. Of course, you got to be where your audience is. If you don't have anybody that's on Facebook and everything's through your Twitter you're kind of handcuffed there. I'm sorry. So, uh, but you know what? It's this is one of the things why you want to spend some money to kind of get away from just the freebie aspect of posting on social media. And what it should do is it should drive more people to engage and speak with you. It's going to create more brand awareness, obviously. And there's always more and more people that are jumping on social media each and every day. It's still growing uh, globally. Social media is probably only at about 42% worldwide. It's kind of crazy to think about. So th- there's still a lot of room there because you got 68% of you know the world or the population is maybe a mobile phone user. <laughs> so there's still a lot of people out there that aren't using these apps and stuff on your phone. Now that may even tell you to be discouraged because, well, how do I reach those people? Well, I'm not necessarily trashing just traditional media, but the whole kind of idea with content marketing or social media marketing is you're trying to get the most bang for your buck. You got to know where people are. If your audience isn't on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or YouTube, then obviously this is somewhere where you don't want to necessarily concentrate your efforts. And then maybe you might want to put up that big billboard. So when I drive by, uh, you know, I'll have to watch and make sure I don't hit someone else's back bumper. Anyways, folks, my name's Joe Kuzma. I hope you found this episode very helpful. Uh, if you have any questions for me, you could always visit me over on the website at joekuzma.com. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And as always, I encourage all of our listeners here to be safe, be good, and I'll catch you later. Hi folks, this is Joe Kuzma. (laughs) No, don't worry, you're not hearing things twice. I'm just here to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening to today's show and being a follower and subscriber of the Discontent Podcast. And I want to remind you that if you're interested in more information about all the various things it is that I do, whether it be about this show, content marketing, or you want to ask a question, you may visit me at joekuzma.com that's j-o-e-k-u-z-m-a dot com or you can follow me as well on facebook make sure you get the page and not the personal profile sorry it's only for friends and family also on twitter at joe underscore kuzma linkedin or instagram also don't forget if you haven't already subscribe whether that be on itunes youtube or your favorite podcast provider so you don't miss out on any of the great episodes that we have once again Thank you again for your support, and I look forward, as always, to speaking and interacting with each of you again soon.